Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. Your attention is directed to minding your P's and Q's, where we examine the sometimes treacherous aspects of business etiquette in a variety of areas. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Business ethics, for the most cynical of people, is often deemed as an oxymoron. But companies are being monitored more than ever when it comes to the different factors of ethics in the world of business and employment. The organizations who demonstrate outstanding principles are also being recognized, however, and that includes Ethisphere's annual determination of the world's most ethical companies. Included on that list in 2012, and for the fourth time in six years, is Rockwell Automation, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here to talk with us about Rockwell's efforts and ethical practices in general, really, is Mike Burns, Global Compliance Director over at Rockwell. Mike, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Tim. Now, for those who don't know not around here locally in Milwaukee or or haven't heard of the organization. Can you give us just a brief description of Rockwell Automation? Sure. Uh, Rockwell Automation is uh, the largest company dedicated to automation and information solutions for companies that make or process things. Um, We have about 22,000 employees across the globe and operate in about 80 countries. Great. So Clearly, though, you're headquartered here you're across the world, and uh, your inclusion on the list makes sense there in that capacity as well. Now, the Ethisphere Institute, which is considered a leading organization in terms of business ethics and other aspects of standards in business, again, recognized you guys this year, or this past year, I should say, and also three other times. What does it mean to Rockwell and, and sort of your group in terms of getting that recognition and really people seeing you in that way? You know, I think the recognition is great. Um, it's a it's a validation of who we believe we are. We aspire to be a company that is recognized as ethical, doing the right thing. Um, I mean, I think more than that, we want to be a great company, and we view uh, integrity and ethics as a component of that. the The recognition, I think, uh, helps us in many respects in terms of. Uh, different stakeholders. So mm. from, a, from a customer standpoint, I think customers want to work with companies that are known sure. um, uh, to be ethical. From an employee standpoint, um, when you walk into work every day, I think you want to be proud of your company in many regards, um, including ethics. From a, uh, since we're a publicly traded company, from an investor standpoint as well, I think investors are looking for companies that are finding themselves in the news for things like recognition on ethics and not things like, you know, we're in trouble for this reason or, or the other. So when you get down to, I mean, the basics of why you, why Rockwell stresses ethics, I mean, does it come down to, in a way, it's just better for business, even though, I mean, some people obviously think that people who cut corners and whatnot, they're the ones that become successful and they're the ones that, that make big strides. But why do you guys then focus on those standards and, and really adhering to those things? Yeah, I think for a variety of reasons, probably some of them overlap with uh, with what I said earlier, but our CEO, Keith Nosbush, said it pretty simply to me once, it's, it's who we want to be. Hmm. We want to be known as an ethical company. It's critically important um, in this day and age, as you allude to in your introduction, given sort of the, uh, the regulatory landscape that is out there. Rules are complex um, when you're a global enterprise and working in different, uh, different industries. And so at its, at its roots, we want our employees to understand that we want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, comes from the values that we all learn as we grow up. And we want employees to carry those values with them into the company and know that you know, that's what we expect. In terms of you know those regula- regulations, that's a whole nother level. Um, as long as employees understand we want to do the right thing, 
the next step is how, you know, how do you do the right thing, right. which comes with, you know, some knowledge and training. Um, but you've, you've kind of fought the, at least half the battle when you make it clear that you, to your employees that you, you definitely want, you know, to stay on the right side of the road. And obviously you mentioned that overall, you kind of talked about being a philosophy really of having this integrity and, and following these standards and ethics. When we look specifically maybe at what Rockwell does to set those standards, apply those standards, one of the things that I saw with Ethisphere, they talked about, you know, the higher ups, leadership, setting a tone, that sort of thing. Is there a particular way that that is done or it's expressed from top down? Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, for any company, uh, it's, it's setting the tone. Um, it starts at the top of the organization when it comes to ethics, like, like many other things. And I think what Rockwell does very well is um, it treats ethics and integrity like it does its other values, mm-hmm. you know, so speed or people, customer focus, sure. uh, innovation. Its integrity is, is one of our top values along with those other values. And we don't really distinguish it in the sense that, well, you know, one takes precedence over the other. Right. And what we do from a programmatic standpoint is we have a, a group called the Business Standards Compliance Committee. And that committee is essentially made up of the senior leaders of our company. And they're the ones that are tasked with the responsibility of uh, overseeing our ethics and compliance program. In my role, I help to kind of administer, direct it, but they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for it. Um, And they've got their other jobs in finance or HR or sales. And so they weave uh, the principles of ethics and integrity right into their business plans. Um, So it's you know, on their teams, obviously, they have goals and objectives around meeting certain financial goals or sales goals, mm-hmm. growth objectives, product delivery objectives. Um, they also make it clear that there's an expectation that we're meeting our ethics and integrity um, goals and objectives as well. I think that's a key that you bring up. And one of the questions my colleagues really had was, is it ingrained into the mission and the values that this is a part of it? As you said, it's not separate. It's it's all intertwined. I mean, does that really make it easier to... I don't want to say monitor, but really ensure that everybody's playing that role and, and being a part of this? Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, I think if, uh, you know, there's probably two, two models that you can approach the topic of ethics and compliance. One would be to build a, an empire of uh, compliance professionals, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got a, essentially a, a, a big department that's job it is, is compliance. Or you can say to your employees, we expect you to be our eyes and ears when it All comes right. to ethics and compliance. That way you've got, in our case, 22,000 eyes and ears um, that are essentially responsible for uh, implementing our ethics and compliance program, following the rules, and raising concerns back to us um, to address as opposed to a separate organization that you know, may not be intertwined with the day-to-day activities. And I think that's a harder, that's a harder program to, to implement successfully. Sure. Some of the other areas that they looked at in terms of determining, you know, the organizations that fit into this world's most ethical companies, they talk about reputation, leadership, innovation. In terms of that reputation for Rockwell, is there something in particular you're really looking out to establish or maybe have over the years in terms of how people see you? I know you mentioned the different aspects of it, whether it be investors or, or, you know, consumers, that sort of thing. But is there a particular area you're looking at in terms of reputation and how people how you actually want people to view you. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, we, we want to be known as a, as a great company. We want to be a great company. We want to be a great company that delivers great products. Uh, we believe we have great people, great products, great solutions. 
But I think a part of that is um, being known as a company that takes ethics and integrity seriously as well. Um, I think that's a, it's an important component of who we are. And I think that ultimately that helps to feed those other areas. You know, so if you've uh, got a focus on, um, on ethics and integrity, I think you're drawing in part the best people because I think the best people want to be affiliated with an organization that takes that value seriously. Um, similarly with, uh, with products. I mean, I think if, if you've sort of underlying value is ethics and integrity, you're not going to take shortcuts mm-hmm. in terms of developing, producing, and then and distributing your products. Um, so I think it all goes, goes hand in hand. Are there certain strategies then that, again, well, you mentioned that so much of it is intertwined and that's an important piece for, for Rockwell in terms of making sure it's all following these same standards and principles and, and with compliance can you point to any concrete examples or, or a specific situation where that really is the case that, you know, the idea of integrity and ethics is intertwined with a product or with a practice that's performed, whether it be with, a, you know, the general employee base or some other aspect? Yeah, I, you know, it starts uh, with uh, you know, our value of integrity. Um, from that, you, um, we, we develop goals and objectives. So what are your goals and objectives around espousing that value? Um, there's the basic of, you know, sort of do the right thing. But in terms of practical terms, we ask all of our senior leaders to speak to their teams about uh, some aspect of ethics and compliance uh, a, certain t- a certain number of times each year. Okay. Um, all people managers have a goal to talk to their teams about some aspect of ethics and compliance every year. We, we measure that actually. We administer a survey each year and we ask our employees, did your manager talk to you about the importance of ethics and compliance in the last 12 months? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're able to sort of benchmark where we are year to year and we really think our, our results, and we don't know that a lot of companies do this, so there's probably not a lot of benchmarking, but really are world-class because um, really, you know, 80-some percent of our employees say, yeah, their manager did speak to them about ethics and compliance, and, you know, we think that's probably a pretty good, uh, pretty good number. You mentioned the idea of leadership, you know, whether it be people managers or even you know, higher up in management positions. When we talk about leadership and values or that sort of thing that you're looking at. Maybe you want to promote somebody. Maybe you're looking from the outside. What sort of things are you looking at in terms of the integrity aspect? I mean, is it really, is it almost a skill or considered a skill like you would look at a resume and see the technical side or or knowledge? Do you incorporate that just as much in being as big a factor when you're looking to that leadership role? Yeah, I, I believe we do. Um, you know, I think that if uh, if somebody has uh, ethical lapses or there are questions about somebody's character when it comes to integrity, they're not going to go far mm-hmm. at Rockwell just generally. So their career is going to get cut short either by their own decision to say, look, this isn't the company for me. They take this stuff too seriously mm-hmm. or because we see something that, that makes us say, hey, that's not the person that we want to see promoted. And so from that perspective, I think there's this self-elimination process. Sure. In terms of the decision then when you say, you know, you're looking for um, qualities in people to take to that next level to promote, um, we have a, you know, a whole list of criteria, I think, that, that um, our leadership team looks at to say who are, the, who are the next leadership people in the company, and integrity is on that list. And I think it's a little bit of the opposite of kind of walk the walk, talk the talk. In this case, I think it's actually maybe easier to walk the walk, meaning I think most people are ethical. We most, hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most yeah. people come in with that, <laughs> right. you know, that they do the right thing. 
But what we expect is them to talk the talk too in this regard. So we want them to make sure that their teams understand that ethics is important, integrity is important. Um, we think that if you know, like you know, if, if your if your leadership uh, team is saying, hey, we want to you know grow sales by X percent, if they also know that you mean that they do that ethically in the right way and follow mm -hmm. the rules. Um, that the employees are going to do that. They're not just going to try to go out and say, let's, you know, let's increase sales by 10 to 20%, you know, and, and forget about doing it the right way. So does that leader talk the talk? Do they actually kind of promote that value within their organization? I think that's a key element to identifying, you know, who those, uh, who those next leaders are going to be. Probably putting you on the spot a little bit here with this. And, and, Obviously, if you're in an interview situation or whatever, and as you mentioned, you're talking with somebody and you want to figure out if they have those values, any halfway intelligent person, they're not going to tell you about any illegal things they did, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be illegal to be unethical in essence. Is there something you look for or something you would listen for that, that would put off a red flag, like some sort of cutting corners or, or not caring about people involved? I mean, is there something you could give the listeners to maybe tangibly grab hold of there? Um, you know, I think on the on the positive side, it's it's uh, it's easy to look at somebody and say, you know, do they incorporate a discussion around ethics at their at their at their all employee meetings? Okay. Do they uh, take uh, take it seriously when we ask all of our employees to take what we call our annual ethics training? And do they uh, take some ownership in that? So do they? You know, take a hands-off approach where they don't talk about it right. and they don't care that their teams aren't completing the training on time, or do they take an active role and make sure that their teams understand that this is important and it's expected that everybody do it um, and that they do it within the you know within the time frame we 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 give them? Are the surveys that we get do they indicate that you know management within that organization is talking to to their teams and to their employees about the importance of ethics and compliance? You know, so I think on the positive side, there are some tangible things that you can look to and say, you know, is that a leader that, that holds this value um, important? On the negative side, you know, I think those, those signs of cutting corners become apparent mm -hmm. in some of the decision making. Sure. You know, so is the, are the products within that person's portfolio, um, do they have quality issues? Are we seeing, you know, some fines and penalties related to some regulatory issues? Right. Those are some tangible signs that would send up a, a yellow or red flag. And like you said, I, I think what you're alluding to is really that you want ethics at your organization to be top of mind, not something that, you know, okay, we're going to do this first and then, you know, we'll maybe make sure that this is okay. Or you, you want that to be a part of everything else, not just, as you've mentioned before, not a separate entity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another aspect, again, that they mentioned was innovation. And I don't know, I guess on the surface, you hear that and, and people have different ideas of what that means for different companies, uh, maybe unsure how that fits into the, the ethical side of things. But when we talk about innovation at Rockwell, what does that mean for your company? You know, I think innovation is, we're a technology company. Mm -hmm. And so um, innovation in the context of ethics and integrity. And I think, you know, why uh, Ethisphere includes that in its kind of survey of, of information that it looks at when it's making its list is what are you doing for the betterment of people or society? Um, are you uh, selling products and solutions that help humanity in some way? Sure. Um, 
And so how, how we tie into that is, you know, our, our products are used in the manufacturing process. They're used in water wastewater. Um, so we're creating efficiencies, reducing carbon footprints, saving energy. With the use of our products, we're helping to make sure that there's clean water available for people. Um, you know, so there's a, an innovation side. We're constantly innovating from a customer perspective right. to help them. Um, and then interior, looking kind of inwardly at Rockwell, we're also looking to, you know, reduce our own carbon footprint. So how innovative are we being, are we um, at decreasing our own manufacturing costs and our own carbon footprint? I mean, does that sort of play into the whole idea, you know, you hear a lot now about sustainability and social responsibility. And I mean, I think that obviously over the years has gotten bigger and bigger. And I mean, it sounds like that all sort of plays together. Why do you feel that has become such a big part of business as a whole, regardless of what Ethisphere is looking at? I think it, it is a general conversation that we're having. Yeah. You know, I think it's important for um, most companies that want to be respected to to kind of follow corporate responsibility principles. And um, I think that Rockwell's philosophy in that regard is that, you know, we want to be considered a responsible corporate citizen, especially in the in the um, locations where we live and work. Right. And so you mentioned, obviously, Rockwell's headquartered here in Milwaukee. We have a, you know, a big uh, impact, I think, on, on the local community in terms of our uh, volunteer efforts and our contributions. Um, we um, have, uh, I think, still the world or the, the state's largest green roof. Um, so from a sustainability perspective, right. we, we consider that to be important as well. So, yeah, I think it is. I think it is and has become more important, certainly important to Rockwell uh, to be known as a, as a good corporate citizen. It's also, you know, I think we're made up of people, right? I mean, the, the employees that, that work at Rockwell, um, they want to do stuff like that. Sure. I mean, they want to volunteer, um, and they they want to be affiliated with a company that takes its its uh, responsibilities serious in that regard. So, it's also an employee morale, an employee, um, you know, hopefully employees want to seek out companies like us for for those reasons. That's a good point you mentioned. Sometimes we forget that companies are made up of people, and that there's the the human aspect to it, both inside and out. With that in mind, really, you look at the employees and practices at Rockwell, the culture, that sort of thing. I guess what areas of focus are there in terms of making sure that the employees really are a part of it and that their, you know, the practices are implemented and that, yeah, we want speed, but not at the, you know, sacrifice of something, a safety concern, that sort of thing. I mean, is it is it a daily routine thing? Is it something that I mean people are taking accountability for? I mean, has that become a big part of it? What's what's sort of your take there? Yeah, and I think we come at it from a, a several different directions. So you're a new employee at Rockwell, you're going to get into introduced to our approach to ethics and integrity right out of the gates through our you know, intro to ethics training. So mm -hmm. you're going to take that. You're going to be sort of introduced to the expectations. You're going to be introduced to the fact that. Rockwell has this reputation, so we right. highlight the the awards and the recognition that we've received. We hope that that has an impact. Um, each year, I mentioned we do what we call our annual ethics training. So each year, you're getting reminded um, that you know there's a general expectation that we're doing the right thing, but also training on specific topical areas like antitrust or anti-bribery or conflicts of interest. Okay. Then there's the communication aspect to this, which is that you know, your manager's responsibility is to talk to you about this stuff and to let you know that you can come to him or her and talk to them about it. 
We also have um, our ombudsman program where an employee can contact our ombudsman either through a web-based tool where they can remain anonymous, uh, through email, you know, you can still send them a letter, um, <laughs> knock on his door to raise a concern that, that will get okay. vetted and investigated. Um, and then, you know, we let our employees know when we have to take some action, when, especially when it's an employee that raised the concern, um, we want them to see that something was done about it. So in a, in a generic way, so that we don't, you know, talk about people, mm-hmm. you know, give names away and stuff. Um, we use a, a blog to report out, you know, an internal Rockwell blog to report out, hey, this was, this was a, an issue, this happened, and this is the, the result of it. So I think we try to come at it a lot of different ways to um, make sure employees know that we understand they're out there dealing with the day-to-day issues. They have places to go to to raise questions. We don't expect them to know all the answers, but, you know, certainly when there's a a yellow or red flag, we we expect them to kind of stop and and ask the questions that, that hopefully get us to the right answer before there's a problem. And I like that you touched on that, that there is a process to if something is going on that's maybe a little fishy or somebody has a concern that there is that process. That was another mention of Ethisphere's, you know, sort of standards is that you handle your situation. It, nobody's perfect. Stuff's going to happen, but you take care of it. You don't, you know, you don't shy away from it. So um, I think it's important to hear that. I think it's easy to right. look the other way. Um, and you're saying from, from the bottom all the way to the top, everybody's looking out in that regard, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We also have a um, an award that we do every year. We call it our Global Compliance Champion Award, um, but basically we accept nominations throughout the year for somebody that, you know, maybe they um, have a unique way of talking about ethics. So we had one winner one year that at every staff meeting uh, thought of an issue, like mm. here the, here's a scenario, here are the facts, um, let's talk about this. We have had one, uh, or actually a couple winners that um, were asked for bribes. And um, so what did they do? What was their reaction to, you know, first obviously said no, (laughs) but then also followed a process, reported it internally. Um, And then we take the step of letting that uh, organization from where the bribe requests know that that happened. You know, our goal is to try to, you know, raise the tide here and um, really, I think, raise raise the ethical barometer at at all companies. Um, And so by taking that extra step, hopefully, that organization says, hey, maybe we've got an issue we need to deal with as well. I think probably listeners would want to, and I'd love to talk more about that side of it. You know, again, maybe that's focusing on the negative, but it's yeah. interesting to hear that, I mean, that does happen. It, people are looking for that edge. They want to make sure that they stay on as a client or that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, I appreciate you bringing that up, that it's a reality, yeah. but there are certain ways to handle it, and that's how Rockwell and other organizations get on a list like this, by following those protocols and doing the right thing, as you said before. Right. Now, statistically, some of the things I've seen and um, basically the the groups, the organizations, the companies that show up on the world's most, most ethical companies list, they tend to outperform a lot of these companies that are on the S&P 500. Um, you know, and it's, it's an average type thing. It's a general look at it. But overall, it actually seems like even there's a, a gap widening in the, the positive for the globally ethical companies. Is there a reason for that? Can you point to something as to why you'd think in the long run, obviously, it seems to be working out that if you're following these protocols and you're doing, as you said before, doing the right thing, that there is a, an added production value to it and that you can perform. Because sometimes people wonder, well, if I don't cut this corner, then costs go up or, or that sort of thing. So why is it that 
these companies consistently outperform, you know, your typical, like I said, S&P 500 ones. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you my view on that. You know, I think that um, companies that take ethics and compliance seriously, they're not dealing with some of the baggage, you know, and so they, they likely don't find themselves dealing with all sorts of regulatory issues. They probably don't find themselves mired down in all sorts of litigation. Mm. Um, they're probably not dealing with uh, a ton of like employment related disputes. Um, and so they're able to really keep their eye on the ball of what the goal is, you know, the goal being to uh, deliver you know, good products and solutions at, you know, good prices and to satisfy customers. And so if you can really keep your eye on that ball, um, you know, I think you're going to, you know, you're going to do, you're going to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is probably uh, a little bit of a chicken and egg question there too, which is that companies that are performing well, um, may have the resources to invest in ethics and compliance. Okay, you know? sure, that makes sense. And so I think that is a factor as well. Um, you know, Rockwell is a company that's been around for more than 100 years, and the plan is to continue to be around <laughs> for, um, for a long time to come. And I think if, you, if, you, if you're following that path of doing the right thing, following the rules, you know, that's, that's one, certainly one indicator that you're going to be around for a long time. Um, and hopefully be profitable as well. So as we look at this in the grand scheme of things, and I mean, obviously no one person has the right perfect answer or piece of wisdom, but obviously being in a place where there's been success in terms of, I mean, just general business sense, but also on the ethical side, do you have any nuggets of advice or wisdom for just the idea of being ethical and how it really does play that role in success overall in your business? I think the, the the biggest indicator of success in the area of ethics and compliance is does does the leadership team embrace it? Um, and so I, I always stress the importance of uh, engaging our leadership team in the discussion around ethics and compliance. Our, our employees look to them for direction. They're talking about the goals and objectives of the company. And if they're not also talking about uh, ethics and compliance, and that being um, an important part of what we're doing, you know, I think it's it's a much greater hill to climb um, if you're trying to sort of develop that program without that without that leadership buy-in. Mm-hmm. And at Rockwell, we have you know, awesome buy-in from our leadership team, which makes uh, life, you know, I think, so much better at Rockwell, and certainly makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> Well, Mike, uh, it really was great having you here to sort of give us an inside look into Rockwell Automation and, you know, maybe the things it takes to be recognized as one of the world's most ethical companies, as was listed again in uh, Ethisphere's world's most ethical companies in 2012. And as we mentioned before, you guys have been on there three times uh, other than that in the six years they've done this. So, again, thanks for coming on and giving us your insight today. All right. Thanks, Tim. And with that, we will bring Mining Your P's and Q's to its conclusion today. Our guest has been Mike Burns, Global Compliance Director at Rockwell Automation. And of course, we're happy to hear from you, the listener, as well, as we all continue our learning process and development here on Mining Your P's and Q's. We're all part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And until we speak again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Tim Muma.